we see this all the time. In fact, uh, this week, um, in fact, yesterday, I was looking at some of the headlines, and usually what I will do is I look at, um, and I, I get my news online, because when I look at it on the TV, I scream at the TV. And so I don't tend to scream at my computer screen. I'm not sure why, but I just, you know, it's, I see these things. And so I was looking at one of the headlines yesterday, and it said, X, you know who X is? The China Prime Minister. X is taking his power in such a way that it could produce World War III in Asia. Now, that's an interesting headline. You can read through the rest of the article to see why someone would write an article about the power that China uh, is planning or has to exert. But we see power within the individuals and especially within those that are in powerful places all the time. There's those that have great authority, great power, and often they will exercise it for their own purpose, their own will, for their own profit. Even our culture today often will tell us, look, the strong are the ones that are going to survive. In fact, if you're in business, often they will tell you, it's okay to be ruthless, just take down your opponent or your adversaries because you need to succeed at all costs. No meekness, no gentleness, no humility. Grab, take hold. If you don't, someone else will. It's kind of the mantra that has pervaded for some time. As we continue this study of the Sermon on the Mount, it is an interesting text today because it is again a verse that often is misunderstood. Um, often we think of meekness the way meekness is described today. But this verse, Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, your version may have gentle or humble instead of meek. That's okay. If you look at the Greek, all three of those are uh, definitions of what this word in Greek meek is. So meek, gentle, humble, those are the ones who will inherit the earth. So before we go further, let's pray again. Father, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Illuminate our hearts and minds, Father, for what you would hold for us through this, your precious word. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, my guess is, is that on the mountainside that day, as Jesus is teaching, as he is preaching this sermon, as we call it, the Sermon on the Mount, my guess is, is that there were some religious leaders that were there. There would be uh, those that were in the crowd that were probably some of those that had heard about Jesus, that were taking notice of him. And probably the religious leaders, if not some others that were there hearing him, besides the disciples that were around him, there were probably a little eyebrow raises as Jesus was quoting, saying these things to them. 
Blessed are the meek. How is that going to work? They're going to inherit the land? I mean, most of the people there would have thought, that ain't going to work. This is our land, and the only way that our land is going to be inherited for us is for us to conquer Rome. Rome is our adversary. Rome has the power. Rome has the authority over us. And so they would have heard Jesus say, the meek inherit the earth? Well, I'm not sure that that's any dif different than today when we think about meekness. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say to you or you've heard someone say, uh, to get ahead in life, just be meek? Have you ever heard anybody say that to you? I mean, really, to get ahead in life, just be meek. The Jews, to the Jews, the, the gospel of Jesus, what Jesus was teaching throughout his ministry was a stumbling block to them. They could not understand and could not get this idea of a Messiah that would be a suffering servant, a Messiah that would be dying, a Messiah that would be killed on a cross. Lord forbid, unthinkable. They could not see that. And so they rejected his teaching. They rejected him. They did not believe in him. And this rejection began far further than uh, before than the, the crucifixion and these, those last days of Jesus. I would tell you that I believe it began at the start of his ministry. In fact, those that were there that day hearing the sermon that was preached by Jesus, hearing him say humility, mourning, weak meekness, well, that's just wrong. It's interesting. I think they would have looked at the preacher and said, this is a strange teaching. This is not what we are looking for. The great cause should be that that is proud, one that is strong, one that can be victorious for us. Not meekness. And the people really never caught hold or understood in many ways Jesus' teaching. And maybe, just maybe, that's why he engulfed himself with around 12. And then there were some others that were around him that followed him. And that he began to teach and give them understanding. Maybe that's why at the beginning of this sermon, it says that Jesus called his disciples to him and had them there as he began to teach them. To give them understanding. This is a powerful sermon in its own right, but those that saw Jesus as something else other than a suffering servant, they didn't understand what Isaiah 40 through 60 meant. They could not see a conquering Lord, a Messiah that was suffering. They would have had a different description or understanding of Isaiah, Isaiah 53 
He has no stately form or majesty. He was despised and forsaken of men. He was opposed and he was afflicted. Like a lamb, they led him to the slaughter. That he was cut off out of the land of the living and that his grave was assigned with wicked men. They would have heard this, but they could not attribute this to Jesus, the Christ, the one that was teaching, the one that was before them. They either neglected it or misrepresented it or did not understand it, one of those three. But Jesus, the Messiah, was teaching And on this day, at this time, in the sermon, he says, Blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, for they, and that's an important um, word there, they shall inherit the earth. So meekness, it isn't a characteristic that is often lifted up today. Uh, In fact, uh, the philosophy of our culture is kind of... um, the opposite of that. Uh, We say assert yourself, and there is nothing wrong with asserting yourself. If you've been in business or are in business or you have a job, probably your supervisor says, assert yourself. It will help you succeed. But we have a different understanding when it comes to this meekness and what it means in the scripture as Jesus is teaching here. When we think about what Jesus said about meekness, inheriting the earth, With the context of our world, it sounds ridiculous. We often hear today slurs when it comes to meekness. Someone that is meek often will be called spineless. A jellyfish, milk toast, you fill in the the slur. But that's often what we think. And that great phrase, oh, he or she's as meek as a mouse. In other words, they can't do anything. They don't have the power to do anything. But listen to me, church. Meekness is actually a byproduct of someone who is poor in spirit, who has and is mourning over their sinful condition. And that's the first two Beatitudes that we looked at. Our poverty in spirit causes us to see our own unworthiness before God. Being poor in the spirit, we're able to see that we are totally destitute before God. And we are dependent upon his grace, his mercy. And as we begin to mourn over our loss and our sinful condition, it is there that that godly sorrow begins to lead us to repentance and receptiveness. That receptive heart before God. And what that does is bring us to true meekness. So what is meekness? I will tell you meekness is not weakness. Now, there's only two people in the Bible that says that they were meek. You know who those were? Moses and Jesus. Only two that says by definition that they were weak. So what is weakness? I want to give you this definition 
Um, hopefully it will stick. Maybe it will help you as we go through and look at this word and what this means to be weak as a believer in Jesus Christ. Meekness is strength under control. Weakness is strength under control. So if you look at the Greek and you look at the definition, they will say that, for example, to be meek is like a wild horse that is tamed. Now think about that. You know how a wild horse is tamed. They are broken. Someone has to ride them, train them, get them to a point where they are broken and can be used in some way that is profitable. Now, let me ask you this, and it's just a rhetorical question. Is the strength of that horse gone once they're broken? No, it's still there. It's channeled in a different direction than the wild horse would have. And so that horse learns, is trained on how to use that strength properly for good. Look at Moses. The verse that says Moses is meek is Numbers 12, 3. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Moses was meek. Moses did not compromise where he stood, his principles, his righteousness before the Lord, nor did he compromise with evil. Instead, he was meek, sensitive to God's will, harnessing his power, the authority that was given to him for God's righteous purpose. Jesus, Matthew 11, 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest upon your souls. Jesus, this Jesus in this verse that is meek, this Jesus that is lowly, the one that you find rest in, is also the Jesus that drove out the money changers in the temple. They had righteous anger for what they were doing in his father's house. This is our Jesus. And so meekness is strength under control, which means meekness is an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of submission to God. It describes someone who is crushed and mourns in their brokenness of their heart, of their sin. They submit and acknowledge their indebtedness to Jesus for what he has done, to God for what God has done through Jesus Christ. This is the meek. This is the one who exhibits this attitude, one of the heart, a submission of all things to God. So if meekness is strength under control, how is meekness defined by our actions? First, I would say meekness is being gentle, not judgmental. Gentle, not judgmental. Meek is a person, instead of ripping someone's heart out, ripping them apart, is gentle with them, giving understanding, listening to them, gently leading them, 
In fact, we are called to lead those in the faith that are young in the faith. Romans 14.1, you remember it, I hope, as we went through the Romans study. Except those who are whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. And so when someone blows it, we are to be gentle. We are to be humble in our dealing with that person. Galatians, Paul writes in the sixth chapter, the first verse, he says, I told you so gently, and there's that word, You could put the word meekly or humbly. Restore them to spiritual health. If not, then you may be falling into the sin of pride and of judgmental spirit. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you are to spiritually, you should spiritually help them to be restored gently. But watch yourself that you are not tempted also. This is one of the things that angered our Lord Jesus Christ as he was teaching and serving over those three years as he was walking and the crowds would gather and the Jewish leaders would come. He would hear and see their judgmental hypocrisy. He would see them sitting in judgment of others, but yet lifting themselves up in self-righteousness. And this often angered him. You brood of vipers is not a good term if you're going to be the one called that. And he did. And so here we have gentle, not judgmental. Secondly, meekness is being tender without surrender. And this is not surrender to God because I've already told you you need to be completely surrendered to God to experience meekness. But tender without surrender is that we are not going to surrender what is right. We are not going to surrender what is right. Our test of spiritual uh, maturity is how we handle people that would be in disagreement to us, those that would irritate us, those that would contradict us when we are trying to share the truth in love. We have three alternatives when we have a confrontation with someone that doesn't believe the way we believe or believes the truth. We can either retreat in fear, we can attack in anger, or we can respond in love. But hear me, hear me, church. Meekness responding in love does not mean compromising the truth, compromising our convictions of the truth. That is not what meekness is about. To speak truth in love, we are to be tender without surrender. Meekness is not passivity. It doesn't mean giving in, that you've got to relinquish what is right, It is reacting, not reacting in anger or blowing others away because of their understanding. We are to look at God's wisdom. We are to respond gently, meekly, humbly as we share the truth. Proverbs 15.1 A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
So when someone is angry with you or argumentative in spirit with you, usually this is a pride thing. It is an ego thing that they are experiencing. They have to be right. You ever seen, have you seen someone that just has to be right and they have to tell you that they are right? If we are living in the meekness that we are called to, we do so without surrender, but we do so in love. Meekness is being able to disagree agreeably. Meekness is being able to actually walk hand in hand with someone that we may not see eye to eye with. And so we can either be passive and run, we can be aggressive and fight, or we can be meek and respond in love without compromising our belief. So tender without surrender. Paul calls leadership to be the same. In 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 5, Paul writes, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle, and there's that word, gentle to all, able to teach, patience in humility, there's that word again, correcting those who are in opposition. And so spiritual leaders are not to be argumentative, but we're to be gentle, sharing the truth in love with others. Third, meekness is being teachable, not unreachable. Meekness is a teachable spirit. God wants to be able to teach us through his word, through his teaching, as his word is preached and taught by those who have the gift of teaching. Meek people are eager, eager to learn. We should have a spirit that we want to soak up God's word, that we want to, be, uh, to have more understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit. A meek person doesn't pretend to know the answers. A meek person seeks the answers. James 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We are to be quick to listen. This verse tells us to keep this meekness and strength under control. Take some time to listen to what's going on around you. Listen to God's word. Listen to his teaching. This will give you instruction. It will help you to have a teachable spirit. You've heard the old adage um, that God gave us two ears, but only one mouth. And so maybe we need to listen more than we need to speak at times. So a meek person is teachable, not unreachable. Fourth, meekness is acting, not reacting. So... Often we will react to something that is going on around us. And that reaction, often we do it off the cuff instead of actually thinking about it. And so a meek person is going to take initiative, but they're going to think through what they do. Think through how they're going to react instead of just doing that off the cuff. Paul tells us in Romans 12, don't repay anyone evil for e evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Now, we know that there's going to be times when we face difficulties, we're going to face hardships, we're going to face heartache, we're going to face people that will come against us in what we say and we do. And it's our natural desire, often this natural um, nature in us is to retaliate, um, it's to react without thinking, as I said. But for the meek person... The meek person takes the initiative to forgive, the initiative to listen, the initiative not to retaliate, but to do the right thing in the eyes of our Lord and Savior Jesus. John Powell tells the story that he was walking with a friend down the street and he said the, the friend stopped to buy a newspaper and the the man selling the newspaper was grumpy. He just had a terrible attitude. And so John's friend said to him as he received the paper and gave him the money, he said, have a nice day. And as they began to walk away, John asked his friend, he said, is the man always that mean? Is always that grumpy? And he said, yes. Every time I buy a newspaper, his attitude is just terrible. He says, well, why in the world did you tell him to have a nice day? And he said, I'm not going to let one man ruin my day. How many times have we allowed someone that has the grumpy attitude to ruin our day? Booker T. Washington said as he was talking in, um, to um, an intervie interviewer and you know, this is a man that had faced prejudices because of his skin color his whole life. And he said, I will never allow another man to control or ruin my life by making me hate him. Think about that. We can go to scripture and get examples. Moses in his own family was criticized for Mary and Zephora. It was an interracial marriage. They couldn't believe that Moses would do that. But Moses did not challenge them. He did not allow his leadership to be challenged. Instead, he handled it in a godly manner. When Moses' sister Miriam became leprous, as a meek man, Moses prayed for his sister, and God heard his prayers and answered it. Meekness is the ability to handle the hurt without retaliation, to handle the heartache, to handle those that irritate without retaliation. The question would be, who controls your emotions? Who do you allow to control your emotions? Meek people are self-controlled. They control their reactions towards others, towards those hurts, but we do so with the understanding it is through the power of God. Jesus in this beatitude uses Psalm 37, 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Meekness allows its possessor to content, be content with whatever they have. This meekness in us allows us to have a spirit 
of the Holy Spirit leading us, giving us an understanding of what is around us and what is going on. The Apostle Paul was probably one of the best examples of that as he penned in Philippians 4, beginning with verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned that in whatever state I am, I will be content. How many of us can say that? I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both in abounding and to suffer need. But do you remember how that verse ends? All of you will remember. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was Paul's mantra, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whether it is in need or content, whether it is abounding or hungry, whatever, I can do both because it is God who strengthens me. It is Jesus who strengthens us through his spirit. And so it would be like Jesus saying this in this particular beatitude. Blessed are those who control their reactions, who are not demanding or judgmental, who are teachable and have emotions under control no matter what is going on in their life, whatever that situation may be. The Bible doesn't tell us to be timid. It doesn't tell us to have a fearful spirit. But the, the Bible tells us that in power and love and sound mind, we are to be glory to God, to bring glory to the Father. This is who we are to be. The secret of meekness. If you don't hear anything else, hope you will hear this. The secret to meekness is allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our lives completely. I want to say that again because it's so important. Because if you are holding back, if you are keeping hold of something, pride or a sin or something in your life, it's going to help to abate that sickness, meekness, keep it at bay. But meekness is allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our lives completely. Meekness is power under God's control. Meekness is not weakness. It is for God's purpose. We are to seek God's purpose for our life. If there is a verse that would help us, I think First Peter, as Peter pens in the third chapter, the fourth verse, he says this, You should clothe yourselves. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of gentleness or meekness or humbleness, any of those words would work, and a quiet spirit which is so precious to God. The result of meekness, Jesus says, is that they shall inherit the earth. Now, we were created 
we read in Genesis 1.28 that we were created having dominion over the earth. God created us as subjects of his kingdom. We were given this inheritance and at the fall, while we still inha- we have a dominion over the earth, over the animals of the earth, though we have dominion, there was some lostness that came into effect that will not be put back in right order until Christ comes again. I don't know if you remember when years ago, uh, when Bill was here, we were going through Genesis and Bill preached a sermon, the garden to the garden. In other words, we began in a garden and we're going to end in a garden. We began with perfection and we're going to end in perfection. And, and so when we hear this, they shall inherit the earth. It is something that we can look forward to. It's something that we can live into. But until then, we are still called to have this attitude of meekness, this characteristic within our own life. Now, this pronoun, they, is used in this verse 5. But if you look, you know that it's been used before. And, and so they is important here. Our responsibility is to trust the Lord and obey his will. And we, we let God settle the judgment accounts. We let God settle that in his own way. But we know that we are called to be a part of this family of God, to have hope. And so it's important for us to understand what it means to have meekness in our life. And so being meek is important. It's necessary, first, because it's required for salvation. Jesus says, they, only the meek, will inherit the earth. Only the meek will belong to the king. Only the meek have a future residence in the kingdom of of God. Psalm 149, 149.4 says, For the Lord takes delight in his people. But listen to what he says. He crowns the humble, the meek, the gentle, with salvation. When the disciples asked Jesus, who was the greatest in the kingdom, you remember Matthew 18, what happened? He said, bring me that child. And he set the child on his lap, and he said this, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like this child, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself, whoever is meek, whoever is humble, whoever is gentle, these are the ones, as this child, they will be the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus says. So it's important this meekness that we are to have, this characteristic attitude in our heart of meekness because it's required for salvation. Meekness is also necessary because it's commanded to us. Zephaniah 2.3, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who have carried out his ordinances. Seek with righteousness and seek humility. So we are to seek the Lord. We are to be humble. We are to seek his ordinances. We are to live into righteousness, to seek it, to seek humility, 
gentleness, meekness. You say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, what about the New Testament? James 1.21, Therefore put aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness in humility, in meekness, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. To listen, church, those who do not have a humble spirit are going to have a tough time listening to God's word. They're going to have a tough time receiving and understanding it because of the Holy Spirit that is to dwell in us. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding. Meekness is necessary. It's necessary because without it, we can't have an effective witness. Peter says, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And listen to how he ends that verse. This is 1 Peter 3.15. Yet with gentleness and reverence. This is the heart we're to have. This heart of gentleness, reverence. As we make our defense for the one that we believe in. As we make our defense for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pride will always stand between our testimony and those that we are trying to give testimony to. We are going to say with pride, look at what we did. But with meekness, we say, look at what God did. Look at what God has done for me, in me. Pride seeks its own glory. Meekness seeks God's glory. Meekness is a reflection of the attitude that we have towards God and towards one another. And again, that should bring to mind the, the great commandment to love God and love your neighbor. Humility is the relationship that we have with God and with one another. But hear me again, this happens with the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing but the Holy Spirit can bring us to this state of meekness. There is nothing in me that's going to desire that without the Holy Spirit leading me to that point of meekness, gentleness, humbleness. In fact, I will not be poor in spirit. I will not mourn my sinfulness, nor will I be meek without the work of the Holy Spirit, without focusing on Christ, without depleting myself of myself and looking towards him for all things. Without the indwelling spirit, I will never desire to have this attribute. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, he put it this way. It is not something that I do or you do. It is, a character, it is a character that is produced in us by the Spirit. It is the direct fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is offered to us and it is possible in us. What have we to do? We must face this Sermon on the Mount. We must meditate upon it. This statement about being meek, 
we must look at it and its examples. Above all, we must look at the Lord himself. And then we must humble ourselves, confess our shame, not only the smallness of our statue, but our utter imperfection. Then we must finish with that self, which is the cause of all of our troubles. And here's the so that. So that he who has bought, brought, bought us with such a price may come in and possess us wholly. We have to come to the end of ourself to possess the Holy Spirit wholly. This is an interesting one, just like the other two that we have covered. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The question we will have to ask ourselves as we think about this verse, as maybe we have the other two so far, is am I? Am I gentle? Am I humble? Do I live in a sense of meekness for the sake of the gospel and for Jesus Christ? May it be so. Father, thank you for this verse that reminds us again of this attribute of meekness that we are called to. And Father, we are your children, and as believers, we are part of the kingdom of God, even now, here on earth. And one day, as John's text we read earlier, we will see you face to face. But until then, we pray that you would use us, guide us. Father, may we deal with others as you would have. May we trust you and obey you and live into the meekness that you have called us to, harnessing that strength as that wild horse, harnessing that strength, Father, for your purpose and for your will. May it be so. We pray this in your name. Amen.